welcome to AIM Hometown Innovations Podcast. This podcast is designed to offer insights, best practices, and innovative solutions for the challenges facing Hoosier cities and towns. Each edition will offer ideas and inspiration while showcasing the talent and commitment of Indiana's local leaders. Enjoy the program. Welcome to AIM Hometown Innovations Podcast. I'm Matt Greller with AIM. Joining me today is Commissioner of the Indiana Department of Health, Health, Dr. Christina Box, and former State Senator Luke Kinley. Dr. Box, Senator Kinley, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, glad to be here, Matt. I don't need to uh, explain too much of the history to the the two of you. You know it. You know it quite quite well. But in mid twenty twenty one, Governor Holcomb created the the Governor's Public Health Commission and asked the two of you to lead the commission. Uh, both of you have done a remarkable job so far, and I certainly join many in in thanking you for your service. I think the group, you know, our own Bob Courtney, the mayor of Madison was on the group, really dug into the state's public health system and issued a report after, you know, a busy year of study and testimony and hearing from various interest groups, et cetera. Let's go back though, and just take a, a quick look at the beginning and, and where we were, you know, back during the pandemic. Dr. Box, you know, what were some of the examples that you and the governor and the, the rest of the team saw during the pandemic that really led to this process and, and taking a look at the, the public health system in Indiana? Yeah, so Matt, I, you know, I've been commissioner now since 2017. And that first year I traveled around to all of the local health departments. And truly, I could say after that time that if you've seen one health department, you've seen one health department in the state of Indiana. There was such... Um, disparities in the health departments across our state. And I think what the pandemic did is it just shone a light on those gaps and those disparities and those differences frequently frequently with our smaller health departments uh, in our rural areas that have less of a financial and resource base to support them struggling the most. But what we saw were simple things um, like the inability to really take the data we gave them and to analyze it and understand what it was saying. The ability to even do a simple Zoom meeting like we're doing right now to do this podcast. They didn't have the technology to do that. The ability to have a, a very limited role where some of them were not open at all once the pandemic pandemic started, some were open part-time, but very limited ability to engage with us and help pass out personal protective equipment to our long-term care facilities or do testing for their communities or even engage with us at the community level to do that um, or to pr uh, provide vaccines. Of course, some of our health departments were better resourced, very able to help, and, and really just needed our support intermittently. But there were a lot of them, a majority of them, that really were not able to kind of engage with us, especially early on. Yeah, I think that's rang true for us too, just in some of our city and town interactions through the, the pandemic and, and things that, that we saw uh, out in the field as folks were trying to navigate a, an unprecedented situation, at least in our lifetimes for the most for the most part. Uh, Senator Kinley, you were probably down in Texas or hanging out with grandkids. What uh, what prompted you to to take on this initiative and, and work with Dr. Box and the governor when when he came calling? Well, probably it was a momentary lapse in judgment on my part, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, uh, as I thought it over, I could I could tell that it was an area that we needed to work on. It hadn't been dealt with very much. 
it'd probably be a tough assignment that not too many people would want to do. And I did think maybe that an old budget guy could maybe make a contribution in this thing generally. And so I joined with uh, Dr. Judy Monroe, who had been the health commissioner under the Daniels administration. And then so she and I and Dr. Box, and then uh, we put Susan Brooks on there as the citizens representative. And that was kind of the executive committee for the commission too. And uh, it, it, it has worked out very well. And, and it's been a big commitment, but I'm glad I made it. I think it's good for the state of Indiana, Matt. Well, certainly appreciate, like I said earlier, both of you taking the task on. I'm certain we'll be better off, better off for it. You know, you both have had a, a long history in the medical profession, Dr. Box, Senator Kinley, you've had various business interests and law degree and serving in the state Senate. Uh, I doubt, though, that there has ever been a time when you didn't see something new or, or interesting. You know, during the commission's work so far, what just came out of left field or something that surprised you or you didn't expect to, to find? For me, first off, um, I was kind of shocked at the uh, statistics of how poor Indiana rates across the country in terms of the healthy healthiness of its citizens. And then the second thing, which I never imagined or had really actually thought about before, Matt, was that the funding for public health in Indiana is unique in the United States and that the funding basically is totally by local government. Whereas for the rest of the country, most of the funding comes from the state. And our model had been, we would pass a few mandates occasionally from the state legislature down to the local health departments and just require that they fund it up. And so even without the pandemic, we, we have a very, we had and still have until we get this changed, a very poorly funded public health system, which is a really critical element today in developing uh, healthy communities. And I, I would say that most of the findings, Matt, I were not, I was really not surprised about having been in public health as a state health commissioner for as long as I've been. But one of the recommendations and discussions that surprised me the most, and Senator Kenley will laugh about this, was when we were talking about financing and the the importance of a partnership with our local elected officials and the need for them to be able to vote as county commissioners or the county executive body to either opt in or opt out of this. I, um, I was pretty shocked. And I, I think I showed that shock in the discussion. And I think that interestingly enough, every elected official, both of our county commissioners, um, our mayor, Senator Kenley, um, you know, even Susan Brooks, all said this This will be a no-go if you do not do this, if you do not allow the county executives to decide whether they want to be a part of this enhanced funding. And I will say that, you know, that has borne true in every discussion that I've had with every legislature or every local elected official since then. You know, they said this would be, this would be a non-starter if we didn't truly make this a partnership. So I appreciate the wisdom of Senator Kenley and the team in that. <laughs> <laughs> you you alluded to it here just a little bit, Dr. Box, but before we get into the, the actual bills and where we are in the process of the legislature, we're at the halfway point as we record the podcast today, uh, the Indiana General Assembly. So, Dr. Box, what's been more difficult, your toughest medical case in your career, the pandemic, or shepherding a bill halfway through the a legislative session? 
Built, I should say. <laughs> you know, Matt, I've thought a lot about that. I, I think they all have their unique challenges and are different in every way. They all develop and mean that you have to have very good relationships and partnerships. Uh, and that's been very, very important. And a part of the reason we thought this commission was so important was to be able to share that same development of partnerships and relationships and 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 pathways to bring communities together uh, to make sure that we memorialize that going forward and that that is the kind of public health approach we have in all of our counties across the state. Well, let's keep going. Uh, Senate Bill 4 is where a lot of the language about what we want to do statewide is contained. Um, maybe just a quick overview of what's in the bill and and uh, where we where we are currently. Both of you can chime in or one of you can take this one. So, you know, we put a lot of the language around changes in the municipal health board and who could be a health officer and um, you know, how often um, people, our, our counties would vote to opt into this, into Senate Bill 4. And, and then we tried to keep all the financial stuff uh, in House Bill 1004. We actually, the Senate ended up combining those together. So it was easier for them to kind of see the whole picture, leaving just the financial part in House Bill 1004. But I think most importantly, what it is, is bringing that um, financial support up from the state level for all of our counties, developing an actual formula on how that would be applied, continuing to have a, a buy-in or a maintenance of effort from all of our counties. And then most importantly, developing the infrastructure that would be supported by that. And, and meaning that we have actually identified by working with our local public health partners with core services that should be delivered in every county that accepts this additional funding. And we've developed what are those kind of key performance metrics that we would follow both at the state level and at the, at the county level so that there's an accountability and a transparency for our elected officials across the state of Indiana. And really that data would be available for every county. Anything else you want to add there, Senator Kinley? Well, Matt, I think um, one of the very uh, specific things that uh, Mayor Bob Courtney brought to the table was a representation by the cities in a county on the county health uh, board there. And so we did make a change that uh, provided for that. And we thank uh, Mayor Courtney for his efforts in that regard. Um, you know, the big thing, Matt, we're, what we've tried to do is develop an infrastructure delivery system, which is a partnership. And the partners are the county health department, the local elected officials, because they have to vote to approve it and help develop the budget for the health department, and then the state. So those are the three partners. And then we're trying to construct the funding like the road formula has been, where the in many cases, the locals take the initiative and then there's a pretty sizable state match. Now that doesn't mean that the locals uh, don't have to comply with, you know, at NDOT with their requirements. And we see that kind of relationship with health department. We tried to frame it in a structure that would be like other programs that they are participated in. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, Senator Kinley, I asked Dr. Box sort of a, a fun question. I'll ask you one too while we're here in the middle. Let's say, Larry Borst was still in the state Senate and was chairing tax and fiscal and you were a relatively new legislator and Dr. Box came and asked you to carry this bill. What would have been your response back then? Uh, <laughs> you know, well, there's two good points about that, Matt. The first point is 
that until the pandemic came along and we actually had to look at uh, public health in a crisis mode, which Dr. Box and the governor and everybody did a tremendous job of responding to that. Even many of our local, uh, our statewide businesses helped to kind of get through that situation, but it was clear that we had problems there. And then as you step back and you look at the basics of public health delivery, which is a preventive system up front that is designed to actually save medical dollars spent later on, why it was pretty obvious that we needed to do some work. And I don't think that was obvious before, but you'll be surprised to know, Matt, that the state's contribution to the local health departments is $6.9 million today. That was designed by Larry Borst, the guy you mentioned, <laughs> 21 years ago when we got the tobacco settlement, Larry just took charge, as he was wont to do, he just took charge of all that money and designated where it would go. And he assigned $6.9 million, which is about a dollar a person a year for every person in the state of Indiana to the local health departments. If they, if he hadn't done that, we wouldn't have any money coming from the state. So interestingly enough, rest, rest his soul, Larry made a contribution long before any of the rest of us did. That's uh, definitely something I didn't know or didn't remember. So I appreciate that. It's good to, good to learn the history for sure. Dr. Box, we, um, you know, in cities and towns, I think you're seeing it now post pandemic, those cities and towns, that really put an emphasis on quality of place, quality of life types of, you know, investments now are the ones that are thriving. Uh, you know, they're attracting remote workers. They're looking at that in a way that that probably predated the pandemic and, and certainly has, has bode well after, after the pandemic. Question for you, though, is, you know, we've got to do a better job of looking at health of individuals as a quality of life metric uh, in cities and towns and the state as a whole, et cetera. So how do the the contents of this bill, bills, I guess, when you include the funding in, in 1001, how's it going to impact the health of Hoosiers? I know you've been asked that question a lot, and I think our folks would like to hear it too. Yeah, well, our, our lack of investment in public health has led to, as you've seen, our very, very poor health metrics. It has led to our lower life expectancy, which is decreasing since 2010. And so as a, a private practitioner, I'm excited about um, seeing us bring clinical health and public health together to work together to address health of Hoosiers so that I'm not just treating chronic disease and I'm not just treating injuries to kind of restore people, but I'm now working with an organization whose sole purpose and function is to try to make sure we are preventing some of those chronic diseases and injury through education and through testing and free screening and then um, connection to care and providing those things that as a clinician, I don't always have access to like, does my patient have transportation to their appointment? Does my patient have the ability to even fill the prescription for their medication? Does my patient have a roof over his or her head and connection to the substance use disorder care that she needs? So for me, that option that we're now kind of recognizing as a state, the importance of that, that we're bringing together through our communities, um, our healthcare systems and our hospitals, our federally qualified health clinics, our community health clinics, our not-for-profit for profit organizations, our jails, our 
educators, our superintendents, so that we're reaching out to schools and making sure that these statutorily required screenings are done and making sure that kids are getting education about what vaping is all about and the issues that they lead to when they do have too much screen time and too little activity time, which leads to mental health issues and obesity issues. So all of those things are very exciting to me as a practitioner and also as a state health commissioner. Last question for you, Senator Kinley. How has the legislature changed since you left and is that going to hurt or help us in the second half as we try to push these bills across the finish line? Well, you know, Matt, um, every legislature kind of has its own personality, its own stamp. And I know you all have had to deal with the changes that we've had. I think that in the last few years um, that I was there, why uh, the Republican caucus in the Senate was pretty established with a lot of people who had been there a long time. And so everybody kind of knew their role and knew how to play it. And I think that uh, Speaker Houston and President Pro Tem Bray have had to kind of rebuild a new organization and they're still building their, their teams. And you can see that they're doing a good job, but they're dealing with a lot of the problems of kind of getting everybody on the same page. And that kind of leads into one of the problems that we have with this bill and this situation. Coming after the pandemic, there's a lot of fears out there about discussion about things like mandated vaccinations or maybe even state mandates on businesses and things like that. And so we have a very small group of people out there who mostly use social media and they are raising the fears of, well, this is just gonna be a state mandated operation. And of course the plan clearly denies that because it's a partnership arrangement. And there's fears that somehow this will interfere with a family's rights or with a doctor patient relationship or that a person's medical history will be exposed publicly. None of these fears are justified. The commission itself carefully evaluated all these types of concerns and agrees with the core concerns that were expressed there. We don't have any intention of treading illegally, unfairly, or inappropriately on anybody's rights. And of course, the folks who are opposed to this are using some scare tactics to throw those out in front of us. And, and because the issue is volatile and the proposals are new, why? Uh, these things have to be worked through. But we went through seven listening tour stops. We met with uh, more than 50 groups, including AIM, thank you, and, and many others. We had all of our meetings held publicly. They were videotaped and archived. And we actually began every single commission meeting with a list of social media co um, comments that people had made that we needed to listen to in order to do this right. So. The reality is there's nothing to fear here. It is a, a big step towards the quality of life issue that you suggest we need to be focused on. And um, I, I, I'm pleased with how we did the first half, but as you know, in the legislature, the shifting sands move on you. And so we, we've got to keep going until April the 29th. We can use everybody's help out there that's listening to this podcast that understands where we're going and what we're doing. So we appreciate the opportunity to be with you today. That's a great uh, summary, Senator Kinley. Dr. Box, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we're supportive of this process, supportive of the effort the organization is. 
Um, thank you for the countless hours that you've committed to the commission and, and shepherding this uh, process, hopefully to the finish line in a way that makes sense for everybody. And thanks for joining us on the podcast. Appreciate it very much. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, Matt.